0: Welcome to Being Schooled. Being Schooled poses several questions. How can school adapt to serve students in a world that allows access to any knowledge at any time in ways more suited to you and at any pace that you prefer? How can school better prepare us for a future where change is accelerating and ownership for continual learning is more important than ever? Being Schooled is inspired by William and Thomas. In this podcast series, William and Thomas share experiences and insights with contributions from guests and current thinkers on the topic of what it means to learn and be learned in contemporary society. Let's maybe shift the conversation a bit. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw my bias in here. And, and my bias is that um, much of what you've described, I would say that many people, many educators, and you probably know, though, I mean, you probably experienced something. There's, there's many people out there who want the same sorts of things. They want good things for kids. They want things to happen in a way that helps that person meet their potential, allows them to, you know, flourish and all those things, and they feel restrained sometimes by systems. But systems are just that. They're a series of people, structures, culture, expectations, policies, all that, and they were created and they can be recreated. And what I'm interested in is if we've got people, we've got, as I mentioned, these people that are out there, teachers, administrators, parents, um, community members, uh, members of our business community, and so on. If we want to make the change, and you're, we've introduced both of you into this podcast as being key because we're trying to bring your perspective. You've got all these resources at your avail right now. How would you see the system shifting to get to support or move to supporting students in the way you've described? What, what would be the sorts of things, and you don't have to be specific, but how might we shift? What might be a guide we I mean, provide? For people to actually uh, proceed with learning in a way that better meets their needs. What do you think, William? I mean, yeah.
1: The first thing that you'd probably want to do is provide some sort of structure. You know, like it's kind of like freelancing guidance, you know, like exactly what you said, a guide. And then another thing I think would be kind of pivotal and key would be to make the to find a way to integrate the curriculum into it, right? Because, like, the curriculum, like, I don't know. I don't. To be honest, I don't know what the curriculum is specifically. <laughs> you could probably fill me in on that, Mark. But um, there needs to be a way to kind of guide people to do this. And there needs to be a way to link it into getting credits, right? Because it's much more justifiable when you can spend a bunch of time on something and get credit for
0: it. And so we have educators okay. who have a lot of familiarity and expertise around the curriculum, and ways to make connections to the curriculum, the kinds of activities that may be of more interest or more engaging. So you've got a resource right there, William, based upon what you've said. Okay. W- what are you thinking about, Thomas, as you're listening to this?
2: Uh, well, I mean, first of all, t- I agree with what with what Will said. Uh, I'll, and just to just to piggyback off that. I do think there's an element of of community support that kind of that kind of ties into it. Um, I really do think there's sort of an aspect of it that gets you know like younger students involved with other members of the of the of the community and kind of creates like a mentorship idea, especially for small niches, right? Like if if there's sort of, you know, like if, if there are, if there are community members and I think there would be who would be interested in at least taking some time to impart their expertise on younger people, then right. Like somebody, somebody who's like a welding expert all of a sudden can be, can be reached by whatever, like a 15 year old who's, who's really interested in welding and wants to, wants to become some, some sort of specialty welder. Right. And then all of a sudden, all they need from that community member is like a phone interview and their email. So they can just reach out with questions. Like, like to me, that that's not really a hard thing. And I actually do think that's something that that people would be interested. I mean, like, obviously people are, people are busy and it's not like they would be, you know, like financially rewarded for this, but I do think a lot of people care about imparting their knowledge to younger people. And often in, often cases they don't have the opportunity to do that and then the students don't have an opportunity to find somebody who has experience in that field mm-hmm. necessarily so i think that could actually be a big part of education going forward is sort of having this like giant bank of people who are right like who are you know engineers you know, I, I, no, I agree it, it kind of already exists it's called
1: co-op <laughs> like, <laughs> Like um, <laughs> like you know, I like I did co-op for a full year's worth mm-hmm. in high school, like grade eleven and grade twelve. I did a four credit co-op for half the year, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty familiar with what co-ops like. Now yeah. I loved co-op, but I had to go way out of my way in order to find a, a a suitable placement, right? Right. And I think that at least the method of in which you search for like you know mentors or whatever or places to intern or, or do your co-op is mm-hmm. kind of outdated like the it experience is. i had was just it was just this huge ass excel sheet and they were like <laughs> they sat you down and they're like uh, go find one like like what <laughs> like i don't know anything about this place i just see this this kind of like you know rick something you know right electrician right right but um like that's outdated but i think the kind of structure in a way pre-exists for what you're talking about yeah through co-op like it could almost be no it's true like if you could take a as as ridiculous as it might sound take a co-op with yourself (laughs) (laughs) where you you know you kind of just try to try to learn something Mm -hmm. and i think if you had someone to to help you with that right because like obviously what i was trying to learn is aquaculture right right like like most most teachers in the school system wouldn't really know how to teach that right it'd be on me but mm-hmm. if you have a, a community member it has the more tailored knowledge to that yeah i think that could be another great resource
2: yeah and that's and like you know to if i'm if i if i flip back your experience and compare it to mine right i was always interested in co-op right i was always interested in working at a research facility right you know potentially like a a, a research pharmaceutical company but I never could because it would just take too many credits and needed my credits. Right. Like, you know, you know, you don't apply to university being like, well, I got this mark in co-op. Like they don't care about that. Right. Like, you know, they need, that's
1: that's another point you're bringing up too, is like, the recognition from a university. Right. Because like Mm -hmm. if someone wants to become an engineer, you know, like you kind of got, you got to go to university pretty much. Right. if You're going to want to be like, I don't know how engineers yeah, there are. Some, are they there like, are some, quote unquote, some certified or,
2: that, that, are, that are really strong in engineering? And, well, yeah, and that's
1: what I mean, though. Yeah. You need to go to like post-secondary school, yeah. right? So yeah. it's the edge. Of, like if you're like, oh, well, I spend my whole time learning these really unique, tailored skills to me. Right. Like that would work for someone like me because my right. plan is to always be self-employed. Exactly. Right. But if yeah. you, that's not your plan. That's
2: another thing to bring into it. Right. right, Is what is the you guys flexible for the the job. Exactly, right? Yeah. That's a good point.
0: You know, it's interesting as I listen to you both, because if you reflect upon a place like the university in our community, uh, Mm -hmm. one of them, Waterloo, one of the most highly sought programs there is co-op. So on the one hand, we're saying, you know, co-op doesn't really help me if I'm trying to get into university. But on the other hand once i get into university it's one of the most valuable experiences <laughs> yeah. I can they're have.
2: pushing they're pushing co-op yeah. yeah and and you know like every every university has a has a has a co-op program and sure. it's, it's almost always recommended right and and i mean it's it's great right like it's 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 good it gives students actual experience right like first you know like the first the first co-op term doesn't have to be in in their in their kind of in their field it just has to be a job, right, to get them some work experience. But then after that, it has to be something that that is in their their kind of domain, right? So, so that's 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 definitely true, Mark.
0: What what I'm finding interesting too, listening to you both, because you're highlighting, you know, you're highlighting lots of great features of what a powerful educational experience might be. Um, and you've also highlighted that many cases, many of those things are already in place. They may need to be tweaked, they Mm -hmm. may need to be shifted, they may need to be oriented in a way that better suits the individual person. But there's a lot there. And, um, you know, when you were mentioning before, Thomas, about this opportunity to, you know, to sort of have a mentor, somebody in the community who could give you some insights or experience, um, yeah. that may not be as extensive as a co-op or exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but this, it, we have that we, and in this community, for example, we have the business and education partnership. Totally. They have a speakers bureau. They'll come in person with expertise will speak to an entire class to provide opportunities for individuals. And I'm sure if we, you know, if they could arrange that. So yeah, totally. w- the point mm-hmm. I guess I'm making is that there's so many different pieces that you're highlighting that are there. Mm-hmm. So, Again, you know, although we're saying there's these obstacles, you know, we're we're not as far from having those pieces. And if we can put them together in the right combination, then maybe we can get better at or closer to this student-centered approach to learning that I hear you advocating for. And I think that's where we'll need to move more specifically um, as we continue this conversation, because although we're talking about our experiences and theoretically how we could do this or how we are doing this in pragmatic terms, I think as we look forward uh, to our next episode or the episodes thereafter, people will want to hear from you and we'll want to discuss with them. So how could we do this in a tangible, practical way? What steps could I take as a student what supports could i offer as an educator what kind of conditions can i create as a parent or a community member to help a student get what they think they need and uh, you know I, I think that's where we'll we'll need to really think about and get to and uh, yeah, totally I, I just wanted to leave you both with that and then if, if you have some additional comments maybe we'll go to you Thomas if there's anything else that you would like to add at this point about that thought about something more practical or a guide to how we would do this uh perhaps you can comment on that comment on that yeah now.
2: sure i mean uh yeah i think you 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 make a good point in that a lot of the stuff that we're looking for sort of exists in some you know in in one in one form or another it's just about kind of tweaking it right and uh, and 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 fixing it. And I I think, you know, just because just because something exists in in sort of like, almost like a sedated form, and I'm not saying that's, that's the case for co op versus right, where that kind of could be. I just mean, like, in some cases, right, like, you know, like, you know, like, we have, you know, like, there are options for students, right. But like, what, what we're seeing now is sort of, you know, this thing that really, like, just completely pales in in comparison to what i sort of have of this idea in my head right and I, and I and i think that's sort of shared by a lot of people so while that's a very good point and very true and you know in some cases things are just going to need tweaks and stuff just because something already exists doesn't mean you know it can't be completely remodeled and and uh and you know completely wiped out um i don't know will do you have anything else to kind of add I
1: mean, kind of my point earlier is um, I think you got to start with the student, at yeah. least. Yeah. And I think if we can, like, was like the point of this podcast, right? Like, is c- to kind of bring up some of this discussion and, and kind of, un- unbear- like, un- dig it up and bring it to light yeah. for people. Yeah. But to also, like, in the later episodes, kind of discuss what an individual could do to take these steps. Yeah right? Like, what would you start with? You know, if you said, well, hey, I got something that I want to learn about and I kind of want to start learning about it now if I'm not already learning about it. Right. Right. So like, what steps would you take to, you know, start? And then hopefully we can kind of find a way to kind of tie it into the, like, if a teacher's listening to this, they can kind of help find a way to tie
2: it into Into the curriculum exactly what we've already said and and you're right and i mean like the 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 good thing about this is that it kind of operates on multiple levels right like Mm. there is the personal level right which is just kind of like something to think about for each person right no matter where you are in life and you know and and especially for young people and then there's sort of other parts of it right that come in at like an educator level and that's like you know how do how how do they even just kind of put spin on their lessons, right, and and uh, on their on their on their activities, even in their kind of very restrictive curriculum, and then there's a whole other step which is on the curriculum as a whole, and you know the system as a whole, and so it's kind of interesting, right? It works, it works at, at every level, and hopefully we'll be able to kind of dive into <laughs> each one. As we, as we kind of put go through spin our talk,
1: on a lesson, <laughs> I don't know, you don't know what I mean. Maybe you know? I guess, I, all English. I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, when I think about teaching a, a class full of high school students,
2: <laughs> yeah, ugh, to me, like, that sounds is
1: difficult to put a spin on, somebody, on things, some things, right? But yeah. I guess what you're saying, somebody likes saying. teaching high school, right? So, it, it's, there's people you know,
2: who like there's it, people, there's people <laughs> who like it, and there's people who are, people who are passionate about it. <laughs>
0: I, i'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here because I'm looking forward to uh, you know the combination of things that you're all think you know you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this how does an individual make this approach? How do you go beyond tweaking a system and put putting a new focus on things? How do we go beyond the concept of a teacher teaching a class and get right to the emphasis that we've built the podcast around, which is student-centered learning? Yeah. I think that'll be uh, it'll be pretty interesting, and uh, it'll be challenging for all of us as we uh, as the you know people listening think about it, and as we um, we extract our thinking for each other and we examine it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So guess um, like I say I can't wait.
1: <laughs> you know what I can't wait for? Elon Musk to put people on Mars. Pizza. That's going to be crazy. <laughs>
0: that's going to be
1: wild <laughs> That's going to be crazy yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. Next podcast like, from what, what is that noise?
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to check out of This uh, podcast Because i got to go to another meeting But uh, I'm going to put a stop To my little button here And if you guys want to keep talking That's up to right, you.
1: Well, you, you Since you're closer to the computer You know Yeah. I'll, okay <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to take time to actually think of a formal
2: outro. Alright, let's I all sit here while well, we'll wait while we'll <laughs> think about a formal outro. I don't know, man. You it usually
1: takes a while <laughs> for <laughs> genius to strike.
0: <laughs> <laughs>